It's time to turn down the noise and tune in to News You Can Use, the show that gives you a quick insight into the latest twists and turns in healthcare news, where every diagnosis comes with an order of side-splitting humor. Your hosts are Dr. Nick, a longtime host, innovator, and healthcare wizard who can prescribe a digital dose of innovation to cure even the most ailing operational inefficiencies. And Dr. Craig Joseph, the healthcare guru who can diagnose both patient and software glitches with equal precision, making sure hospitals run smoother than a well-oiled robot dock. So buckle up, because we're diving into the ER of excitement, the ICU of irrationality, and the waiting room of wacky wisdom. Now here's Dr. Nick and Dr. Craig. Welcome to the month of August. I'm Dr. Nick. And I'm Dr. Craig. This week, we'll be dissecting the latest healthcare news, unraveling the twists and turns, and making sense of the debacles. And just remember, life's a lot like a breaking story. Unpredictable, often absurd, and occasionally leaves you wondering if it's all just a cosmic prank. This week, we're looking at the Blue Cross Blue Shield dropping of CVS Health, and indeed looking at Babylon and their decline from a position of power. I do want to note that no zebras were harmed in the recording of this episode. Further, we'll talk about who deserves to have the title of doctor in a healthcare facility. We'll look at two excellent pieces of research from Epic Research about cystic fibrosis and improvements in terms of chronic care with Medicare. And we'll be reviewing a not incredibly recent article from the British Medical Journal talking about parachute use to prevent death and major trauma when jumping from an aircraft, a randomized controlled trial. And first off this week, we have the Blue Shield of California ditching CVS Health. What are they doing? Well, they're removing uh, CVS's health pharmacy services and instead going with the Cost Plus company. Craig, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm, first off, I'm glad to hear that they're not trying to close down every CVS uh, pharmacy because that seems a bit that seems a bit strong. So they're they're simply saying that as an insurer, they are not going to be leveraging CVS Health uh, or CVS pharmacies for a lot of the services that they're that they're um, insureds, patients, clients, whatever we want to call them, are, are going to be receiving. And instead, instead of using CVS and some of their subsidiaries, they'll be using um, Mark Cuban Cost uh, Plus, Mark Cuban Cost Plus drug company to actually manufacture, and then uh, Amazon to actually deliver the uh, the prescriptions. Uh, obviously, this is not going to be for every prescription, and I'm not sure what they're going to be doing with respect to um, things that you need, right? If you go to the doctor's office and you have a a, a bad pneumonia and they want to give you an antibiotic, you, you are not going to go online and order a medication that's going to take four or five days to get to you. So we're talking about chronic medications, like for your cholesterol medicine or for your high blood pressure medicine. Uh, but it is, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty convenient. And uh, I, I know that I use um, uh, Mark Cuban's uh, cost plus drug right now for, for one of my prescriptions and seems pretty convenient. It looks like they're trying to cut out uh, one layer of middlemen. In uh, the, only in the one layer? What do you mean? You're kidding, right? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm being, I was I'm being kind, Doctor. God, Nick. you're being exceptionally kind. I think there's a few more layers in that PBM layer. 
uh, you, you're, you're correct. And, and every layer, um, you know, takes a cut. And, it does. and so kind of going, and I think that's what, um, when cost plus, uh, started, that was the idea that, Hey, you know, we, uh, Mark Cuban and company are going to manufacture these medications and, and they're all, um, you know, they're not brand name. They're, they're, they're all generic meds and it's, it's not rocket science to create them. And so that's what they've done. And then, and then what they've done, uh, outside of CVS to say, Hey, if you want to get your prescription meds from us, if we make them, we don't make them all, that's for sure. But if we make them, we're just going to charge you a small percentage above whatever we think our costs are. So we're not trying to not trying to get rich, trying to get rich slowly, not trying to get rich quickly, maybe. Um, and, you know, a service fee and, and postage and, and that kind of uh, it's it's very reasonable. So it's, it's interesting to see one of the first, um, uh, you know, big players like Blue Cross of California jumping into this this game. I can't cut out the visual in my mind of, you know, the dominoes in uh I think it was uh, the Big Bang Theory where Sheldon had built the whole room full and he hit one and it, uh, you know, just cascaded. It feels a little bit like that because here we have a large player. They're saying, you know, enough of this. I think what's interesting, and you and I both use it. I'm a big fan. There's no secret about this. Uh, love that whole system. I found it. I've talked about some of the discrepancies, you know, in terms of pricing. A couple of things. First of all, they don't take insurance. There is no insurance involved in this. They're just taking a straightforward cash price. That cost plus thing is, it, it, that's it. Exactly. I think my recollection is it's a 15% uh, markup on the base uh, base price of these generic drugs that have been made for years. And it was 110 drugs when they first launched. I think they've expanded significantly. I wonder if they'll be taking insurance or even if there's a need for it in you know some of these. I mean, I know some of the medications that have been around for a long time, we're talking pennies for daily doses and so forth. Um, you're right, it's not quick, but Wow, you know, we're, we're finally seeing, I think, a break in this layer that I, I've got to be honest, there's, you know, a lot of frustration with people um, in terms of costs that seem opaque. I, I'm, you know, crystal would seem opaque by comparison to what's going on behind the scenes here. It's just, it, it's, oh my God. And, God bless them for doing it. I got to say, I'm just, I, I'm super excited. I want to see where else they go with it. Yeah, it, it is. It's quite interesting when you, uh, if you're lucky enough to have insurance that has a copay and you go to the, you know, your local drugstore. And um, uh, for me, I, I would get a prescription and it would, it would say um, for this cholesterol medicine that I'm on, um, you paid $25 or whatever my, my monthly copay was, um, your insurance saved you $170, right? right? <laughs> so like, okay, well, that's a, they're telling me that if I were to come in there with cash, it would be, it would know, be that much, right? it would be $200 or so for yeah. that, for that one month. And then I can go to, um, to, you know, that cost plus drugs and I can get it for $799. Um, and that's with no insurance, $799. And um, then I have to pay like a five dollar fee or or whatever it is. Shipping, it's right? it's um yep. it it's it's reasonable. Again, the only thing that I think my local pharmacy has on me is it's fast, but it just shows you like wow, they're charging two hundred dollars for something that a, a, a business is charging eight dollars for, and um, 
that seems to be a significant markup. Even my copay is much more expensive than um, than just buying it uh, uh, buying it online. So it'll be very interesting to see um, how they get together. I think also it's fun to talk about the the culture of the organization. Mark Cuban was very clear when he started the the company. We're not talking to anyone. We're not making deals with anyone. Like this is just how much it is. If you want to pay it, pay it. If you can get a better deal somewhere else, you should go there. You know. Um, so I, I'm assuming that he's he's got a similar stance with now Blue Blue Cross of of California. But not unreasonable. Let's be clear. And you know, I think it's a little bit unfair because obviously my association, because I'm not a, a, a basketball sporty kind of person, but you know, it's Shark Tank. That's where I know him from. And you know, he's he's you know, no, here's the deal. This is the way it works. And that just seems like you know, this is reasonable behavior. Uh, I think they're being very transparent in their sort of interactions. Although my sense is that he's not involved. Actually, it was a physician. I want to say a radiologist that actually came to him with the idea and emailed him. So those of you thinking up great ideas, there is opportunities like this. And, uh, you know, here it is uh, launching. So we're good. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I, You know, I, I, I'm i interested in that, but I'm also interested in your, your take on this uh, company that's having trouble. It's called Theranos. Oh, wait, it's not called Theranos. It's called... <laughs> It's called Babylon Health. I've, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. I got those confused, Doctor Nick. <laughs> Let, let's do the time warp again, shall we? <laughs> we could nice. talk about Theranos. That that's definitely actually that's all gone quiet since uh, some folks went to jail over that. But uh, you know, that's for, jailing a company's leadership does often um, quell the the chatter around the company's. Um, <laughs> it certainly quells their ability to tell us anything. <laughs> Because <laughs> I think all the calls that come out of there have a, a pre-recorded, hey, this call is coming from, because it used to be all sorts of problems. But uh, I only know that from the movies, and it's probably fiction, but who knows? Well, well just to recap, let me uh, throw this over to you. So Theranos was a, a company that said that they could uh, do lab testing on tiny, tiny amounts of blood. And as it turned out, they made everything up. Uh, oftentimes, uh, when they were testing, sending out erroneous uh, lab results and yep. Uh, ultimately, ultimately, due to an article in the Wall Street Journal um, or a series of articles, uh, their leadership has gone to jail. And now uh, Babylon Health, they don't do, I don't think they do uh, labs. What do they do? Yeah, so Babylon Health, interesting company that is uh, now in the doldrums. They uh, they use one of these uh, odd SPAC mechanisms that, you know, if you understand it, you understand it. But essentially, it's like a a reverse IPO where they try and extract out cash early, but it really has to be something that's doing well. What was their solution? Well, uh, in good news in this sense, it was an AI solution that said, hey, we can uh, take an interaction, we'll create a chat bot or a, a, a whole process where you can ask questions and you can get a diagnosis. And they uh, were on a tear. In fact, they signed deals uh, in the United Kingdom uh, with the NHS. However, through the course of history, what we saw was uh, some shenanigans going on behind the scenes. Um, and in fact, it was launched and offered as an alternative in some respects to going and talking to your physician or clinician for a diagnosis. So, hey, I've got a sore throat. Uh, what should I do? And, you know, there was this whole process. And actually, one GP in 
the UK, uh, who hid behind a uh, handle, um, stood up and said, look, I'm, I'm not comfortable with this, and here's why, and showed a series of chats that essentially demonstrated that this thing was not safe. It failed to pick up serious uh, clinical conditions. They might have been outliers, but that's the point of healthcare. That's one of the reasons that we go to physicians, because they are hunting for zebras. We'll talk about that some other time, I'm sure. But you find the rare conditions, you have to exclude them. And it was failing to do that. Mm, he was doxxed. He was, at, they went after him in a big way. He finally, you know, we know who he is and everything. Well, I, you know, I have the sense that he's ultimately maybe, uh, well, I, he was definitely proved right because he was right at the time this was all going on. They continued to expand. They uh, took this SPAC notion and then just failed to meet their debt obligations. And in fact, they are now in receivership, chapter 11. I'm not sure which of the chapters it is because I can't follow any of the uh, financial codes. And uh, they're now um, going to disappear in uh, as a company uh, because they're not really delivering uh, the value that they offered, which was, oh, we're going to take all the load off the NHS problems of people having minor conditions and then they need consultation. Well, I mean, it sounded like a good idea. Um, I would say um, yes. Yeah. You know, there, there are lots of things. That, and I think uh, uh, as, a, as a primary care doctor, um, that there are so a big percentage of what I, I um I used to do. It doesn't really require advanced training, as you said. And um, the key, though, and I want to let me emphasize this, first of all, that when you talked about hunting uh, zebras, really, we're not we don't have guns. We're, we're not going to the Sahara. Um, you're, 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 you're talking. We have cameras. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So we like a zebras. I think let's just be clear. You and I are, are uh, we like They're the animal. We like animals. all the animals, Dr. Yes, Nick. We, do. We, we like all the animals. Uh, I don't know. I'm not into mosquitoes. I'm just saying. Well, I, I would call that more of an insect, but let's not, uh, right. let's not get into the details now. Uh, but a zebra's a, uh, um, that uncommon thing. And I think that's really uh, what you need, right? That's what you're paying your uh, human uh, physicians and clinicians for is to say, wow, this seems like this is out of the realm of normal. Normal, you probably don't need me for the standard stuff, but for the stuff that's outside the realm of normal and discovering when those are popping up, that's where the that's where you, er you earn your money. And so, um, yeah, it's no good if you're if you're right ninety nine percent of the time and wrong one percent of the time, uh, and and that one percent uh, turns out very very poorly because you you need to be a, a, approaching a hundred percent. And I, uh -oh. I think they were stat wrong alert. Stat a alert. lot more. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll we'll get to stats more uh, in a second. Uh, but I th I do think that they you know it, it's it's a good idea. It's it's gone wrong and and now it's gone wrong in a big way. Sounds like. Right. So uh, other piece of trending news uh, certainly uh, received a lot of attention when I posted something about this was the uh, the lawsuit by uh, some nurses in California, I believe it was, uh, who said, we must be called doctor. We, we are entitled to it because they were getting, I think it's uh, a PhD of some uh, variation. Uh, forgive me for not getting it exactly right. And an ethicist uh, posted a, a video blog along with, you know, details that said, here are the reasons why not. And 
boy, did that create a firestorm. This has been going on for a while, I'm just going to say, but uh, what do you think? Well, it, it's certainly a, a, a touchy a touchy subject. So um, I think that most so like people... the blue touch paper and step back. Well, <laughs> that's what I just did. <laughs> and, and I know I like that. I like how you did that. Um, hey, Craig, what do you think about this controversial <laughs> issue that some people feel very strongly about? Um, I'll just listen and nod my head. Yeah. Um, no, I, you know, I, here's the thing. So in the state of California, the reason that uh, the, some of those um, nurses with advanced degrees were able to did sue is because there's a law in the state of California that um, uh, regulates your ability to call yourself a, a doctor uh, in certain settings. And so what we're really talking about is in the hospital or a clinical setting, who can call themselves doctor? And um, I think most of us know what a doctor is, right? Like what you're expecting, you're expecting someone with a medical degree, either in the United States, that's an MD or, or, or a DO. And, um, and you're not expecting a pharmacist. And you're, and you're also not expecting a nurse with an advanced doctoral degree. Um, and you may not be expecting an occupational therapist who now has, uh, or a physical therapist who now has a degree called Doctor of Physical Therapy. My mm -hmm. daughter is in a program now that will end up with, uh, she will end up with a Doctor of Occupational Therapy, right? Now, does that mean that she should call herself doctor at a, in a hospital? I would argue no. She's already told me that once she graduates, I will have to refer to her as Dr. Joseph. But um, that's that's neither shocking. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. So that's really what it comes down to: is um, are we confusing patients? The American Medical Association, the ethicist you referenced, and the state of California um, think that we are, and and I have to say, I think that we are as well. And so, um, I. I at a conference, at a scientific conference, completely different story, right? If you want right. to refer to yourself and, as and doctor. And in many there. other settings as well, I think. That's, that's the, you know, let's be fair about this. And, you know, I am married to a nurse, midwife, health visitor, um, and I have repeatedly talked about the value and just the enormous benefit that I receive from fantastic nurses. You know, there is no... Um, uh, you know, understanding here that says this is, you know, th these are not contributors to the team aspect of medicine, but it's confusion, it's clarity. And I think, um, you know, we're, we're entirely respectful of it, but also, you know, other folks need to understand exactly what it is that they're buying. Um, so let's Move on to uh, Epic Research. I think you have, uh, you, you spend a lot of time around this. And, um, you know, we saw a couple of articles that I think just, you know, fantastic information coming out. Cystic fibrosis patients, a huge personal area for me because I used to take kids with CF uh, on a trip of a lifetime, the, you know, give kids the world type approach from the UK. We would take them and you know, they were all pretty much terminal in their early 20s, sometimes earlier than that. And uh, we have seen an astounding improvement that was shown by the CF research, right? Yeah. And let's um, just go back just a second for those who are not familiar. Epic is the name of a company that makes an, a, a, one of the big players in the electronic health record industry. They um, pool uh, uh, unidentified 
de-identified uh, is the proper term, I think, uh, data from, uh, from their clients. <laughs> I'm trying to I move on. I want to be an unidentified person. I'm trying to move person. on, Dr. Nick. <laughs> okay, sorry. All right, I'm trying to move on. You don't need to call out. You know, you make me feel badly when you call out my my mistakes. And um, luckily for our listeners, we don't edit that stuff out. That's no, all right there not. for you. No editing. No we don't editing charge involved extra. in the making of this episode. <laughs> we don't charge extra for, for the non-existent editing. Um for the de-identified patient data for um, hundreds of thousands of hospitals in the United States, and I think uh, somewhere else too. Um, so they've got these rich data sources, and, and they were able to publish, you know, the um, the uh, median age of death of of patients with cystic fibrosis, uh, starting around 2008, and then um, their most recent information is from last year, and and showed that um, the average age of death was 26. Not a long time ago, 2008, right. and yep. now uh, it's 66. That's crazy. Right. That's that's crazy, and um, uh, lots of reasons for that. And uh, uh, but it, you know, it, we we always talk about bad things and and how things are not going the way we want them to. Here's something that was um, uh, where science has really helped us. So there was another one, right? Um, Medicare. Um, and and their their screening activities, what was what was that? Yeah, so uh, Epic's uh, research team um, looked at patients who had Medicare, which is uh, people get that in the United States um, when they turn sixty five or under a few circumstances if they have a, a, some chronic uh, uh, illnesses. Uh, but most people get it when they turn sixty five, and they looked at uh, what are they um, uh, looked at people who were supposed to be getting screening. Uh, so things like cancer, you know, breast cancer or colorectal cancer, cancer. And what they found is that, you know, patients uh, were 50% more likely to get breast cancer screening and twice as likely to get colorectal screening if they were on Medicare, actually. So I think that's like, is that a, that's a hundred percent improvement for color or Double? Is it two hundred? No, it's one hundred. Are we into stats here? Are you getting confused? Because I, I have, I have just the study for you to make sure that you really understand what's going on here, Craig. All right, I, I, I'm always open to learning. I, you know, I, I know we're normally about current news, but this was a 2018 uh, BMJ uh, paper that said parachute used to prevent death and major trauma when jumping from an aircraft to the randomized control study, and uh, it didn't show any difference. So people were randomized. So a randomized control study is when you take a person, you say, you flip a coin and you say either you're going to get the, the regular stuff or you're going to get um, you're going to get this new this new idea that we have. So the the regular stuff was you're going to wear. A <laughs> I wanted to be at the plane door saying, here, take here's your bag. It may or may not contain a parachute. Yes, that's yeah. exactly right. And, and that's the key, right? Randomized, uh, it's usually double-blinded, meaning that when I put that parachute Even on I you, don't know. I don't know you. if there's really but. a parachute in there or just an empty bag. And you don't know until you jump out of the plane. And what this, this is actually quite interesting from uh, 2018. What this study showed was there was no difference. Right. None and, whatsoever. And no um, difference in death or trauma as a result of... Of jumping out of a, a, yeah. a, a, a what you call an aeroplane. I, I, I was um, just delighted to see this paper. I'm, I'm, 
just excited that folks are uh, taking the time to uh, to carry out these kinds. No, of but studies. this was not in a this was not in a real journal, was it, Doctor Nick? It was. It says this was the, in the BMJ. BMJ not, which what is know, that? I've never heard of the that. The British before. Medical Journal. Oh, so it's British. Well, let's just start off there. It may and, not be and, that. And just to be dependable. clear, that's in Lansdowne Square in London. I used to live very close to that. I had friends. They had a nice park on the outside. So so that makes BMJ. It real. British Medical Journal is a real, real uh, scientific um, uh, journal. Uh, and so how did this happen? Because one would think, Dr. Nick, one would think that if you jumped out of an, what you call an aeroplane, uh, yes. what I call an airplane, um, one would think if you jumped out and didn't have a parachute that your risk of injury and death would be, I don't know, higher than someone who did have a parachute. How did this happen? Was there were there any details that we really Well, so and and you bring up the the exact point in all of this and you know that's that's really the issue here and you know we're making light of it but I think it's really important to understand and I I I'm making fun of, you know, your inability to work out the stats but let's be honest unless you knee deep in this and even if you are I think it can be challenging to work out especially when you get into percentages. Percentages are used to sort of confuse and conflate issues very frequently, and you cannot take data or information at face value. In this particular instance, they had 192 people that were originally screened. There was a bunch of them that were excluded. They got 23 in that were randomized into the intervention and control group. The control had no parachute. The intervention group had a parachute. And uh, they completed their uh, jumps, all of them, and uh, then had a follow-up, no contact for 30 days, and then had a 30-day follow-up just to make sure that there was and there was no difference between the two. And of course, the critical piece of information uh, that is missing. I feel something's missing. What's missing? <laughs> uh, here it is. They were jumping out of uh, an airplane. Uh, it was actually a biplane, and it was uh, parked on the ground. Uh, they even introduced a picture of somebody jumping out, uh, arms in the air. Um, and of course, you know, nobody was getting injured in this. But we make light of this, but it is an important point. And I think uh, essential for uh, folks to understand this, that um, you cannot take everything at face value. It is important to get to the second or third level of information and also to be, you know, using the appropriate trust for all of this. So um, hopefully you get a sense of that. We'll continue to do this. Um, But unfortunately, we find ourselves at the end of another episode of exploring healthcare healthcare's mysteries before they become your emergencies. Until next time, I'm Dr. Nick. And I'm Dr. Craig.